Have you heard of the word deuterium? Probably not. Wait till you watch this episode. It's going to blow you away, I promise you. As a matter of fact, you can see in this episode my general curiosity uh, because this is a topic that I heard about a year ago. You know, I'm be honest with you. I kind of blew it off as ah, just another thing, you know, that's coming into our world that really it's small potatoes. Well, I interviewed two uh, doctor and a scientist doctor uh, who is an immunologist whose name is on a lot of studies on deuterium. Yeah, it affects, and he believes is a cause of 75% of disease today. Um, he's done a lot of studies on this, brilliant. But you're gonna realize that this deuterium could be affecting you and your family in a huge way. And it's so easy to actually test and retest and to see what you're doing if it's actually working. Stay tuned for this episode of Cell TV. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we will learn all about the science behind deuterium and its role in health and disease. We will hear everything we need to know about deuterium from what it is, uh, from deuterium depletion and cellular energy production. We have two amazing doctors with us today from the Center of Deuterium Depletion, Dr. Q Collins, you can call him Dr. Q, and Dr. Ann Cooper. You will also see Dr. Pampa and Marilee's results here live on the show, and you'll learn more about these testing resources that are accessible to all of you. So let's get started and welcome Drs. Q, Collins, and of course, Dr. Pampa to the show. This is Cellular Healing TV. All right, welcome. Uh, this topic I have had a, just a fascination for, and admittedly, to you all before the show, I say I know very little about it. Um, I think I, I interviewed Robert Slovak on uh, uh, Facebook Live, and you know that was the first that I brought this topic to my audience. But I would argue that they too have know very little. Maybe they heard the word, but probably like me, have a zillion questions. Okay, so I want to start here just very briefly. And then I want you to tell your story on how you even got into this. Okay, but if, why would someone need to be concerned about this deuterium? And something that we, we have, all have in our bodies that we're exposed to, but new science is showing that this can lead to cancer, energy, energy depletion, and a lot of other cellular problems. And this is Cellular Healing TV. So very briefly, and we'll expand upon this, why do we need to be concerned about this? All right. Then our body is always trying to create homeostasis with whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. Deuterium is natural. It's an element. It's an atom. It's a, basically a larger hydrogen, larger and heavier. And our body is always trying to keep the right amounts in our body. Um, but however, due to our environment and our lifestyles, in the last few decades, we are accumulating more deuterium that our body is designed to handle. We always have all these mechanisms in place to you know, deplete or to handle the proper amounts of elements or substances such as you know, potassium in our body. We are losing that ability because we have been overloaded with deuterium. The consequences of the overload due to the size and heavier weight of deuterium, it actually makes water and we are mostly made of water. And when the water is made more of deuterium, it becomes a heavier and um, larger um, molecule, the water. And as it gets into our cells, and since we are really talking about cellular energy and cellular health, it does have a very large impact and quite a deleterious biological impact on all of our systems due to the fact that it's so large that once it gets inside our mitochondria, it can actually break the function of our cells from producing cellular energy. Yeah which again affects detox, affects uh, how fast you're aging or not. Um, obviously it can cause bad cells, cancer. I mean, all of these things uh, happen. Okay, so we're gonna dive down folks because I, I know like me, there's a zillion questions uh, about just what you said and that was a great intro. All right, how did y'all get into this? I mean, you, you have your own clinic. I mean, how did you find this? How long have you been into this? Give us a little history from you and this whole topic. So I'm a clinical immunologist. Uh, I've been doing it for 35 years. 
I'm also one of the, the I guess, godfathers of the keto and keto diets for uh, the cancer. Uh, so we got together about four years ago. Uh, I met uh, our chief scientist, Laszlo Boros, at a meeting that I had in Florida called Metabolic Therapeutics, which is one of the largest uh, meetings for keto heads and the first meeting that was started about four years ago about using, applying keto therapeutics and keto to different uh, diseases. And we had 5,000 people here last year in California. Uh, so it's one of the largest meetings in the, yeah, in the country. Uh, Dr. Dom is, uh, what? Yep, Do, yep, Dom is, right. I started, we all, matter of fact, we, I started this out with Dom about almost seven, eight years ago when my wife developed a glioblastoma, and that's how I came into uh, the realm of understanding about keto. And my wife was probably one of the first people on the planet that really used keto for cancer. And what we did was take everything from Dom's lab and all labs across the country. I opened a dog study where I uh, tried all these different drugs and keto diets on dogs. And if it worked, it went into my wife. Um, and she, with her glioblastoma, she lived for about two years. It's given five weeks to live. We'll fast forward from there. Uh, I went to work for Quest Nutrition. And from there, I opened a 52-acre sanctuary for dogs with cancer. And lo and behold, we started using ketogenic diets and deterrent depleted water as a first step to do clinical trials in people. Uh, and that's when Dr. Boros came in with Dr. Uh, with Somalier uh, in Hungary, who is one of the inventors of deterrent depletion. Uh, so unlike a lot of things, we've actually been doing this a total of about 30 years between the three of us, and we've published over 100 papers and treated over 12,000 patients and published two books. So I know it doesn't, it seems like a lot of people don't know, but within the academic community, um, we are the leaders and a lot of people do know. We teach this at UCLA, we teach it in Washington, we teach it at Penn State, we teach it at a lot of universities now in the medical schools. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, despite your amazing efforts, if I asked uh, 10 people right now on the street, they'd look at me like, Huh? Listen, if I asked 10 people about keto, they'd be like, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it is. So let's it's, it is crazy. You're so right. Matter of fact, keto, we have to always laugh when I tell Dr. Cooper because nobody knew what keto was. And when I went for Quest, went for Quest, they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to make keto famous in four years. And four years now is now number one search topic on Google. So that was, yeah. so we're hoping I, that- I said that about fasting in the 90s. And oh, gosh. Like, Gosh, I couldn't get anyone interested. Oh. Now, finally. Yeah, I love fasting. I mean, it's, it's, I really do. It's a fast, fast way into ketosis. But oh, anyways, um, so, okay, let, let's give a little history here of, uh, I mean, you said a lot of terms that people are going, wait, wait, so what's good? Uh, a lot of deuterium, deuterium depletion, deuterium depleted water, deuterium depleted. <laughs> so give us a history about this. It sounds like it came out of Russia, but, you know, give us a history of this um, and where we're at today. Well, the deuterium actually was used in the nuclear energy, uh, or not a nuclear bomb industry. That's where it came from, making nuclear weapons. Um, and that was with Russia, China. And if you find a lot of places where deuterium water, deuterium depleted water is coming now from, it's from former uh, facilities in the, in the communist countries that had them. Um, then in the early, early 70s and 90s, Gobert uh, helped with the Romanian Academy of Sciences. They built the first deuterium depleted water facility that had nothing to do with nuclear. So they needed to deplete the deuterium out of the water yes. for the nuclear facility. The right. Process, That's okay. the thing that caused that bomb, right? The fusion. Right. So That's it's safe to say then, it, you know, all water has some level of deuterium. Otherwise, we wouldn't be trying to deplete it of it. Right. Okay. It's, the average water has 155 parts per million. Okay. So for every million hydrogens, there are 155 deuterium. Okay. All right. So um, the, some water obviously has a lot more than others. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, and that depends. And it's really interesting that you asked that because it depends on where it's taken. Water at the top of a mountain in the ice has lower amounts of deuterium. Water in valleys and in oceans have higher amounts. Waters around the equator have higher amounts. Waters at the poles have lower amounts. 
And that's not only deuterium, that's deuterium also in the water, but also in the atmosphere, in the humidity. And so... Okay. So I, uh, I would argue like this, okay, like heavy metals, right? We're, we're always going to be exposed to some degree, right? And, you know, can't, can't avoid it. Heavy metals are in the air, right? I mean, heavy metals are in food. I mean, if you analyze heavy metals on broccoli, there's going to be some level um, because it's in the soil. So the point is, is it's similar to that like deuterium, meaning that the body, you know, if it's less, you know, if it's a normal amount, the body, a healthy body gets rid of it. Otherwise it could bioaccumulate. Well, actually no. So deuterium is not a toxin. Deuterium is actually required for your, bo your body to actually operate properly, to form the right three-dimensional structures on things like the redox reactions and the hydrogens and the oxygens and calcium and it determines all those things so what is the bad problem is once it gets too high as dr cooper said it starts to be so heavy it breaks your mitochondria these things called nanomotors that make your atp and you stop being able to sleep and you get depressed and all these other things start to happen but it's not like mercury or those things it's not a toxin all right great yeah so just when it accumulates to a certain level then it becomes a problem in the cell yes. uh, because you said it, 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 it's heavy. Okay, great. That's, that's a great answer right there. So now I, here's the next question. I think the logical question is, is well, what, what's, what became the problem? Meaning that it's naturally in the environment. Um, our bodies function with a certain amount of it. Why all of a sudden are we bioaccumulating or having too much? It's not really all of a sudden. It has accumulated okay. in our bodies more and more over the last few decades. Um, it has to do with... Well, um, I mean, that, that's kind of all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, okay. But compared to our great-great-grandparents, okay. there's quite a bit of difference in the health status in the world. And um, a lot of it does have to do with the foods that we are consuming. There was really very low processed foods. There wasn't potato chips around for them to grab into it those days. Mostly it was, they ate naturally. And uh, also, they, there's always been stress in the world, but I think in the last few decades, particularly in the last decade, the technology and it's just a low grade chronic stress where people cannot relax as much as well as they used to. And it really is impeding their REM sleep. And REM sleep is a natural deuterium depletion method. And it's also accumulating in the atmosphere what we're breathing. And the problem with it, once we get too much, it does, not only does it cause problems when it's in our system, but it does slow down our own natural mechanisms for removing it. Therefore, the more you're exposed to, the less you can get rid of, therefore, the more you're exposed to. It's going in that kind of adverse downhill direction, and we need to switch that around. All right. So uh, doing a test to see where you are, that's kind of where I wanted to start. Matter of fact, uh, let's share my test. Um, Ashley uh, will help us with that and then you can kind of teach from that um, you know just to give people an, an idea and let's I mean obviously my viewers and listeners know hey I do all these biohacks I've been eating a very very <laughs> healthy diet for a long time however I was still suboptimal um, despite my efforts not that I was making any I was making by the way I was making no efforts uh, to you make my deuterium levels better. This was just me living, right? So I started with a test um, just to see where I was at. So that way I can say, okay, great. Um, I'm going to do some things to try to deplete it. Uh, and then I can even bring you on to a, a part two show. I love doing that, by the way. <laughs> doing something and then you know, doing a part two. Okay, so walk us through the test, uh, my results. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I see the breathy test. And by the way, some people are just listening to the download, the audio. So try to play like it's radio too. Try to be as descriptive as you can. Okay, so I've got breathy both times. Yeah, that's, go ahead. Go ahead. So I see that your um, breath test is 141.8. And by the way, we did, we measured with the test. We did breath and we did saliva. Yes. So this is the breath portion. Yes, and then the saliva component is, where am I reading? Oh, there it is, you're doing it for me, thank you, is 146.3. So we always look at the actual numbers, but what's also important is to be able to compare those two numbers to each other, because we want to know what your load is in your tissues. We also want to get an indication of how 
well or unwell, your own natural mechanisms for removing deuterium are working. So we can compare those two numbers together. Okay. And uh, we get a lot of information just with those two numbers. Uh, we call it the D factor. That's your ability to remove your own deuterium, which we have many mechanisms of doing. And it kind of gives you a number on that as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So scroll down, uh, Ashley, and then um, we can take a look at that. Okay. That what is okay. This is not what I was talking about. This is the ATP production yeah. factor. So there is a relationship between your deuterium levels and your ATP production. As I explained before, it has an effect on your cellular energy production, and um, we do see those numbers change very very well and rather quickly once we get people on a deuterium depletion program okay we're going to discuss that program folks mm -hmm. but just so you know um greater than 51.3 is um where you want to be correct so yeah when you really look at this let me let's go out. here's what people when you read this as and i'm glad you're bringing this up we really use this as a as a baseline to see where people are and what this shows for you, you're in pretty good shape. Um, now, what we do is look at a lot of other things, uh, breathing, how you breathe, what you do every day, how you sleep, to see how we can get that better. But you're exactly right that you're in that range to where you're in that okay range, as long as you don't have cancer or metabolic disease. If there was something there, then we'd really put you on a program to try to get that lower, to get more energy, those redox reduction, uh, reactions to start working sell your membranes to start working better. So that's right. how it starts. And then, okay, scroll down again, Ashley. This is what we were talking about, the difference between the two numbers. Um, you know, your ability to get rid of it. Is that what this number is? Yes, and it's a measure. Again, just measuring uh, saliva alone or urine alone is like a waste of time because it really doesn't tell you anything. What you want to know is from the breath, which is a marker for how much is in your tissue. Uh, how much is in your brain? How much is in your your lungs? That's what this is. That's what the breath is for. So you want to know how much is your body's able to take in and how much is able to get out. And that's this percentage here. As you can see in yours, you have a very low. Um, your ability to deplete is lower. However, we talked a little bit before you started, and you told me you use red light. Well, this is something that we know that's going to happen with red light because it tends to suppress to get rid of what's in your tissues, but it doesn't get rid of it out of your body. So red light then, it, just, it alters this number, but it's, it's, is it good or bad for deuterium? So it, it gets the, well, it's good because what it allows you to do, it allows less deuterium to be in your tissues break the mitochondria, right? No. But you, what we'd have to do is to fix you, a couple of things about fixing. So now you can get rid of what extra stuff that's coming out, can get out of your body, so you would see even a lower saliva number. I got it. So right, so the red light, I do it, it moves it out of my tissue, but um, now we have to help it all the way out of the body or just take in less, am I Correct, right? okay. that is it. All right. Okay, so, and by the way, interestingly, I, we don't have time to show my wife's, but it was almost identical. Mm -hmm. Okay, two people eating the same food, living in the same house, uh, living the same lifestyle. We both do red light, we both, we, we both do the same things. Yes. So, and this, this it, it tested very similar. Do you see that often, people that are in the, living in the same house doing the same things? Yes, it's, we see it, and it's what's so amazing. We see that, until there's something wrong with one of the spouses. And then if there's a difference, then we know that one of them with the, with the, with the faulty or dysfunctional uh, deuterium factor that's your, then we know that she most, he or she most likely has some kind of metabolic dysfunction disease and we get them to go to the doctor to find out what it is. We find this all the time, as a matter of fact. Okay, so uh, one of the things y'all provided for my viewers and listeners is uh, a discount on being able to get the test done. So um, we'll put, uh, Ashley will put up those links there, but how much is this test? And then I think they get 20% off of this, even if they want a consultation for someone to go over the result with them. <laughs> yeah, that way, you know, they actually get something out of it. So how much is this test? So the test for them is going to be about $260. Um, and we're also going to put up a, a, the ability for them to be in a, in a study where they can even get more off. 
so they can see how they can get better and to see what their deuterium levels are and to use red light and all these other things to be like you. <laughs> so that's a, that's what we'll offer that to them too. Well, gosh, and to be able, like me, I wasn't very happy with my result, you know. Well, you, it's, not, it's not bad. It really isn't bad. <laughs> I'm, like, done a good job. I'm still motivated to, to see how low I can get it, right? Um, okay, but we're going to talk about that. But let, let's talk about again how, you know, how this is affecting people, right? You know, where, where are their exposures outside of water? I mean, you know, talk about that. Like, where are their exposures and how are this affecting people? So people can look at their life and go, oh, okay, you know, that could be a problem. <laughs> we do know that GMOs, GMOs makes things grow fast. It's loaded in deuterium. Um, we, children and teenagers do need deuterium to grow, but past a certain age, we don't need to be growing so much anymore. <laughs> Generally, people grow out instead of up after a certain age, and it also, you know, encourages the growth of other things that we don't want. Uh, so GMOs are high in deuterium. Um, pretty much processed foods, they use deuterium to process those foods, and uh, sugar. We eat so much sugar than way back, you know, great grandparents. What do you, what do you mean by they use deuterium to process those foods? They use like the hydrogen, the hydrogens, are like remember hydrogenated oils? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, like what Dr. Cooper is saying, when you use tap water, you're using water that has high levels of deuterium to make something. Therefore, the easiest thing to come off of and recover are the heavy hydrogens, because okay. the lighter ones float away. And so you're adding, you're building this Frankenstein monster that has high levels of deuterium on it. Yeah, and we don't drink ever. We don't drink tap water. We don't eat GMOs ever, That's right? Great. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, even in a restaurant, I'm asking, where is this from? The corn, the soil. I mean, I we eat no vegetable oil, soil, all these things that are high in those things. So, you know, th that's... Well, the, the um, it's very difficult to find any low, well, it's almost impossible to find low deuterium water on planet Earth anymore. So even the... Yeah, and that's where I was going next, yeah. So in other words, we do all the food things. However, we're still... Be every bit of water is still high deuterium, correct? Yeah, and not only that, but why you, exposure. No yes, doubt. well, not only that, but not only are you, you got to remember, all the food that you're eating is exposed to high deuterium levels. Yeah. So that's not even the same as used to be when our grandparents were coming up. So that's higher too. And, and the foods are higher because, you know, explain I, that one more time for a listener. Yeah, the foods are higher for, because they're taking in that, they're using river water. They're using, the rainwater is now higher. The humidity is higher. All these things, the, the farming principles don't allow quote, quote, the plants to sleep like they used to sleep before. Because now they're, instead of it going for a whole season, they need to have corn growing for six weeks or chicken for six weeks is full grown. So these things are not going through their cycles to get rid of their deuterium anymore. Yeah, so the, basically the planet is not detoxing itself from no, deuterium levels. And therefore that ends up in our water, right? Glyphosate is in yes. whatever it is, 70% of the water, even the rainfall, right? So you know, that's a chemical, how much more that something natural would be uh, in there that our environment controls, right? Okay. And so it's not able to control this. So these levels are building up in the environment and therefore our body. Yeah, that's wonderful because it's even global war or the climate change that we're seeing, that's also driven by hydrogens, the, the ratio between hydrogen and deuterium. So even that has to do with deuterium because heat, the transfer of heat from the sun actually is a, is a transfer from oxygen to the, to the oxygen hydrogen bond. So it's not CO2, but oxygen and hydrogen. And so as you get deuterium on it, deuterium can't transfer that energy and therefore it starts to heat up the earth. So it is really connected. Well, you know, we could uh, have a whole global warming debate. You know, I, I, I feel like man has very little to do with it. Oh, no, no. That's agree with me out there, right? I, no, you know, I don't just, it's not, it, this is just what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I don't I care what the reason. It's simply that this is the biology. This is the reason. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Whether man has, uh, that's still occurring regardless, right? Yeah. So um, I, I get that. And I agree with you on that. But okay. So um, interesting. Now, here's the other question I know people are thinking, because I asked this question. Well, I mean, can't we just filter our water out? We could not eat those foods and we could filter it out if it were always so easy. 
was what there was said to me. It's a great thought and it's really nice that people make an effort to try to make things better, but it just doesn't. You cannot, it's so small. You cannot filter it out. Yeah, so RO distillation doesn't even get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you <laughs> have to have it, you have to get it out enough for it to be therapeutically beneficial. Yeah. Right. So distillation, the tear depleted water is made from distillation, but it's a seven million dollar distillation facility. Yeah, right. So it's <laughs> not, like, right, it's not the one we have in our house. This tube or whatever that goes up like I don't know how high you can tell me. You know, it, and it's distilled with this like level because it's heavy, right? So they have to right. go really high. Am I am I right on that process? Yes, no. yes, you're exactly right. And again, it's not the water; it's the food that is now been drinking the water. That's really the catch, it's the fun. So we so, also use the water in the beginning as pretty much maybe a good kickstart to get things going. But it's really not only about detuned depleted water because we really teach people how they can kick in their own natural mechanisms for removing it, how they can limit their intake and how they can have a lifestyle that they can continue to do for the rest of their life. Once they've, we've got them in a good position, that they really don't need us so much at all even because they have these tools to manage their own deuterium levels, therefore their future. Well, I like that it's testable and the testing is very, very accurate. So let's say I did a test today and then I did one tomorrow the next day. Where would my results, how close would they be? Well, it'd be the same. Okay. I love that. I love accurate. I love reproducibility in a test. Um, and that's a great place to start. And then I also love the fact now that we can retest and see what we're doing isn't helping. I think that's very motivating. And then, um, but would I notice a difference? Do people get their levels down and go, oh my gosh, my cellular energy is so much better. My headaches are gone. Dr. Pompa, like you, I'm a chiropractor. And the first thing that we learned the first day at chiropractic school was that we have our own innate intelligence. Therefore, as we are lowering our deuterium levels, our body is the one that makes the decisions on what needs to be repaired first. What's the most important priority? By the way, that's what fasting is. Fasting, mm. the body makes a decision. You know what? I'm going to repair this first, and then that, and this. So get that. Therefore, your body is going to make the decision. So people do vary in their symptomatic relief. Sometimes you may have symptoms, but that energy, may your cellular energy may go to fixing what you, what's causing the symptoms or may find something more important to fix. So people respond at their own level. However, having said that, <laughs> most, almost most people that we work with within the first few weeks have reported to me and I feel more energetic, big time. Um, I feel more refreshed in the morning. I'm sleeping better. I don't need as much sleep and cognition. People really, report, and that they can read and write better and focus and think more clearly. Right. And, and Dr. Q, I have to ask you this question, uh, being an immunologist, I mean, you know, what, what effects do you see in studies on the immune system, which is a big deal today? So all, all inflammation, we've published several papers, inflammation is related to deuterium levels. Um, all these, the, 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 the honing and, uh, of, of the immune factors, all the three-dimensional structure of all, once your deuterium levels are high, the three-dimensional structures of all your cytokines are changed, and therefore you start to see differences there. Oncogenes are turned on and off, depending on your deuterium levels and ATP. All these things you already know, but you know, it's just there, it's just so it's the foundation, it's simply, it's simply the foundation of biology. It's just, so it's it's highly, highly, highly effective. And that's important because you did segue to something really nice, and that is at the end of the day, our focus on cancer while we can talk about energy, what's really neat is that while it makes normal cells much, gives them much more energy, it takes away the energy of cancer cells. Mm -hmm. So cancer cells need to turn to grow, and without it, they're done. And there's actually studies showing that, that the cancer oh. cells need to turn. I mean, obviously, you've been through every study almost, if not all. Um, yeah, we know. wrote most of them. So. Yeah, and I was just going to say that. I don't know how you've been involved in at least most of them. So, but yes, um, it's... Yeah. I mean, that, and that, that, that's exciting, you know, that, okay, so what conditions, cancer being one of them, obviously, you know, is deuterium directly correlated to that you think, listen, the rise in cancer is absolutely affected to the rise in deuterium levels. Do you believe that? Well, we've, yeah, we've published epidemiological papers that can show the higher place of higher amounts of deuterium 
and your inability, that's where you've seen epidemiological studies have shown an increase in cancer wow. in those places, like San wow. Francisco. Uh, there are other and why, studies. Yeah. Right now, other and, and why in Utah and Colorado, why the cancer rate is lower. You also have a lower deuterium level in Utah and Colorado because you guys are at higher levels. Oh, so that's what it is. It's the elevation. Yes. Deuterium's too heavy to float that high. <laughs> but unfortunately, unfortunately, we're eating food yes. that's grown where other people are eating food. That's that exactly a thing that we're not supposed to so, do. Oh, you know, I mean, our spring water might be better if we got spring water from here, which we actually have a local source. But um, our air, it's less in our environment. But unfortunately, as you pointed out, most of it's probably coming from our food sources. Yes. Very good. Very good. All right. So what are some of the other conditions that the studies are supporting uh, that are linked to high deuterium levels in the body? Cancer was one. You, you oh, mentioned. cancer. We have, so if, again, anything that's a metabolic disorder is all is related directly to related to deuterium. So diabetes, diabetes, obviously. Diabetes, cardiovascular diabetes. disease, mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, yeah. uh, premature aging, um, we, I mean, we're even working with the state of Ohio on opioid, on the opioid crisis. So depression, anxiety, all papers have been published on all of these things. It's just, it's, it really sounds like Windex, but it is at the base because it's just hydrogens. It's at the, and we're 66% hydrogen. It's at the base of almost all metabolic disorders. If it's not genetic, you know, there are some genetic disorders and I, I but 99% of of disorders are not genetic. What, um, what percentage would you say deuterium is related? And I, don't, I know you don't have an exact number. This is, this is just your opinion, just no, not to step outside no, of no, that. No, no, that's, here, I, I'm not afraid to say that if it's mitochondrial dysfunction, it's deuterium related. And uh, there's very little doubt about that. So if you take the biggest scourges of the unit, of not on this country, but on the world, and you say 75% of those people die from these diseases, 75% die because the deuterium levels are too high. Wow, I mean, I, that's, a, that's just fascinating to me, yes. right? And, and how easy is it, and we're moving into this next topic, because I know my viewers are like, okay, what do I do, right? How easy is it to change that number on that test, and how long will it take um, for someone who's even worse than me? to get in a safe range. This is what people love to see because generally within the first four to six weeks, they can come from a rather high range to close to or into the desired range. The deuterium depleted water really flushes out that deuterium to enable your body to work properly. So it happens quickly. So the deuterium depleted water acts like a magnet, a chelator, or how does it work like that? Uh, this is how I explain it. If your car engine were to end up with very thick, luggy oil in it, your motor can't go. You can't get anywhere. So you would pour thin oil into it. So essentially, you're full of this deuterium, heavy water. You're going to put low deuterium water in to flush out that heavy, heavy water. All right, the oil, I like the oil analogy. <laughs> Men like that. <laughs> so, I thought um, for my women then. <laughs> I thought that was good for everybody. Women are good. I know. Shame on you. My dad, taught, my dad taught me mechanics early on, so I'm in. But yeah, the guys really get that. All right, so but you put in, you have enough of the bad and you're putting in new and it's going to be new after a period of time. And uh, then it's like going to the gym. You go for, and you gain your muscle. You don't want to stop. You want to maintain those levels for enough time to allow your body to kick in its own natural mechanisms. You're going to accumulate more energy. The relationship between the term and, and ATP production, ATP energy is going to go up. So now your body can kick in its own natural detox mechanisms better. It's going to be able to extract nutrients from your food better. You're going to um, be able to function as you did when you were younger. The longer you, you maintain these deuterium levels until you get to a point where we can start weaning people off the deuterium depleted water. And by doing all these other modules, we call them lifestyle factors. We the more we encourage people or the more motivated people to get these other factors, they can let go of the water and just get tested once a year and then determine what they need to do or not. Okay, yeah, so, um, well, let's talk about all of the things that we need to do. Like if we had like, you know, okay, here's the program. 
you already started this, right? You already said get rid of all like, you know, processed food, GMOs. I'm going to make the, I mean, most of my listeners are probably going, yeah, well, I've done that, right? But that's where you start, right? That's where you start. And then, then what? So here's, and it's, it's, your listeners are going to laugh because it's everything you already know. Sleeping better. Again, less stress. Proper exercise. Learning how to breathe correctly. Now, these sound, everybody's always used these words, but what we're able to do is quantify what you need to do. So we teach you, uh, we look at how long you can hold your breath as a measure of how much oxygen you have in your tissue. How much oxygen you have in your tissues directly related to your ability to bleed deuterium out of those tissues because oxygen binds with deuterium to make heavy water and get it out of your body. Sleep, the same way. We can look at your sleep and see if your REM and deep sleep fix those, that starts to remove it. Matter of fact, just people doing deuterium depleted water a couple of our, 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 our little modules, they actually, their sleep starts fixing itself. So we have people that were insomniacs that can't sleep, that, that sleep apnea, that reverse that without doing anything. It's just, it's deuterium related, not, it's not a physical thing. As we, so, so the water, water helps. And of course, my viewers and listeners right now are going, well, how do I get this water? Where do I get it at? And that's a problem because, I mean, it's not cheap to produce this water. Am I right? And then, then it becomes, well, I can't drink all of my water from that because, you know, um, I, I don't have enough space Here's, in my house. No, that's good. Here's what we tell people. And I thank you for that, that question. Again, the churn depleted water is an easy way, a great band-aid to get down. Most people don't need to spend the expense of using the churn depleted water. Okay. We can show them how to get up, when to, how to breathe when to go in the sun, all those things you already teach people, but we can, we can put it to an exact science, right? With, that's what we offer. They use these different tests to say, this is when you need to do it, this one it works for your body. We can look at your cholesterol and say your cholesterol is deuterated. Let's get your cholesterol, get the deuterium out of your cholesterol, and therefore now you can make vitamin D, you can make estrogen, you make cholesterol, you make bile, all these things that you couldn't do before. So. Yes, the, the, the tyranny depleted water is available. Quite personally, I think it's really important for people with cancer and metabolic disorders first and secondarily as a hack. Great, use it for a little while, but only use it for a little while because you don't want to set your body up to where it's dependent on the water and you're not doing the right things to fix yourself. All right, well, and I appreciate that answer because again, my, my viewers are like, I can't afford to buy deuterium bio. Okay, so. It's a good place to start if you have an illness, definitely a good place to start. But all of these other things um, really matter most. So Dr. again, we actually yeah. make this deuterium depleted metabolic water in our cells given the right circumstances. So we are teaching people that eventually will you'll be making this deuterium depleted water where you won't be so thirsty, you won't even have <laughs> the need to drink you know, your higher levels of deuterium depleted water because you're going to make more of your own. Right. Okay, so now here's the thing, right? So name some other biohacks, right? Red light therapy, you said, is a really good way. What about, there's different types, right? There's red, there's near-infrared, there's far-infrared. Do studies show which one's better for this? So we, we do a lot of studies. We know the red light, we know sound, combination. Um, a combination of two, there's vibrational energies. All these, all these things travel through water. <laughs> and that's what, as you know, it travels through water, and that viscosity of the water is changed by the level of deuterium that's in it. And that's really just the way to think of it. Oh. If it really is, when Ann says thick, gluggy oil, that's not a bad way of thinking about this. It's just not as thick and gluggy, but it really is thicker, and that little bit keeps those light, in, those light rays from getting into your skin and getting onto your receptors and getting to your gut like they should be able to, to get into your brain, so your brain can operate better. So indeed, um, we are vibrational energy and you don't want to slow that resonance down. You want to raise it up so you can resonate at a higher level. And you can do that because sound and light moves via a frequency, a resonance. And if it's bumping into deuterium, it's going to fracture, fragment that and break it down. So as we lower your deuterium, you benefit so much better from all of these other biohacking methods because it can right. not impede it. Okay. So what would you say for someone like me to lower my deuterium levels? Uh, because my, my viewers and listeners are 
people like me. Um, what would you say? Yeah, here's what you need to do. Because I mean, my REM side measure my sleep, my deep sleep, right? I mean, I get well over two hours a night on REM sleep. I can prove that in a second, but <laughs> I have my little, little thing. Um, I, I get a lot of deep sleep. You know, I average probably two hours a night in deep sleep. Um, and then my, I even get more REM sleep. So, okay, that's good. But yet my levels still weren't perfect, right? I do red light every day. I'm out in the sun a lot. I mean, I, I purposely do that. I exercise. I don't eat processed foods. What do you tell? So I think the best, first thing we'd probably start with you is breathing, is learning to seeing how you breathe, how long, what is your oxygen content of your cells, of your, of your muscles? I mean, when I compare my, myself, my son can hold his breath for three to five minutes at a time, right? If he does like breath first, he can go longer, but just off the cold. I can only hold my breath for maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, and it's even, and that's interesting that's because, yeah, but, and, but when we talk about breath holds, we're talking about on exhale. So that's the, the, the big difference is you want to get it all, what you're trying to do is get it all out, and then how long you can hold your breath on the exhale. Oh, I've never tried that. I always that's, breathe in and hold my breath. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so needed. It's not measuring lung capacity, but your ability of what's left in your tissues after it's gone. Yeah. And so really, that's what we'd start working on first. So what's a good number there to exhale? So if you look at this, we try the, a good number is 45 seconds. Uh, anything lower than 45 seconds, and like most cancer patients can only hold their breath for 10 seconds. Uh -huh. Almost like hyperventilating diabetes patients, over obese patients. Uh, and if you can get up to a minute and over a minute, that's what we see our professional athletes and our, 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 our Olympic gold medals. We had six Olympic gold medals last year or last Olympics. And so now, so they use this as a bow, as a true bow hack at the, the top, top of, of athletics. So what, um, okay, so I, let's talk about that. You said on me, breathing would be a big deal, a big addition. What about hyperbaric? Um, um, hyperbaric oxygen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, both ozone and hyperbaric oxygen are, do actually help remove deuterium because again, it forces oxygen into you. It's better on hyperbaric oxygen therapy at atmospheres that are greater than 1.9, two atmospheres. Yeah, which makes a problem because those machines aren't as affordable. Yeah, I mean, it really, it, uh, there's no doubt about but what we use it for. We use it different than most people. Again, I think I wrote, we wrote a paper some time ago on ketogenics and, and hyperbaric oxygen therapy showing how that worked and how intermittent fasting and fasting works with it. That's with Dominic. Well, you know, uh, go ahead. But so what you can use that for is to get rid of it in your tissue and then with deuterium depletion you don't feed in the bad stuff anymore so you don't have to do hyperbaric oxygen for 13 and 14 sessions because you just use it almost like iv water to get the stuff out of you because the oxygen binds it and now you're able to now lower that five or six points to make it easier to get below 130. so with the water you can kind of get a jump on it to your point before, right? No matter what you do, then apply all of these, uh, all these things. Okay, are, are there any uh, other tips right now that like, this is how you get rid of it? Yeah, I mean, that's what we've actually set up is we've, we're starting, you'll let you, to tell you guys, we started a new portal, which we call Metabolism, which, which takes all these markers that you have for mitochondrial dysfunction, and patients or clients can actually follow where those mitochondrial markers are. And so it can, we use a Fitbit watch mm -hmm. to track your, how much time you've been walking and your resting heart rate, heart rate, your HRV, and we can actually adjust those, even getting your differences between, you sleep great. Now, pretty soon the question is, how, you know, how, how low is your resting heart rate while you sleep versus your resting heart rate while you're up? Those are things that change in this modern society that we're actually after there to know how to make that greater, that, that part bigger, right? And therefore your sleep is not only more sleep, but more restorative sleep. That's for one of the, so sleep, it, it's really, when it, it's biohacking is great, but you have to know what you know of how it works. So we look at things like that. So we work on your resting heart rate. We work on your uh, heart rate variability. Uh, we work on skin integrity. 
we work on gut. When you talk about gut, and everybody talking about how the gut works, bacteria take, take deuterium out of your body. That's what they're for. And so we work with a lot of Crohn's disease and IBS patients because the problem is they can't, their, their gut's not stable. They can't remove deuterium from their body. And that's why they get this illness for, for so long. Interesting. What percentage of the population um, you see the tests come in, you know, are normal, absolutely spot on normal? Very, 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 yeah. very few. Um, and really, I, yeah, it's very few, as Dr. Cooper said, but that's probably, let me make sure we tell, because our, our people are skewed, right? The people that really come to us, come to us because they know something's wrong. Uh, yeah, I, w I would argue a lot of your people are probably in the red zone, right? Because oh yes, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, it's just amazing. We can't say this is a diagnostic test, but there's not a day that doesn't go by where we don't get a test in and have to write one of those letters that say, "Go see your physician immediately." We can't tell you something's wrong, but they need to tell you. Wow, but it's that accurate that when it's you that accurate. yeah. And w what level on that? Uh, you said to me that it's the breath that matters most. What level would you be like concerned and tell someone to go see their doctor? We're, we're, well, in a vacuum, we would say things that are over 150 uh -huh. that we start to worry, especially as they get, we yeah, have patients that come in over 155, which shouldn't exist. Okay, right? wow. Uh, but at the same time, once you start to look at a whole clinical history, it can actually be lower than that because you have got to see what else is going on you know, it, it's just, it's really, we've gotten it past an art because we've done so many patients, but it's not as, it's not just as simple as people think it is who haven't done it before. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we say, Dr. Pumper, about the breathing. Um, yes, cancer patients, in fact, a lot of them have trouble getting to six seconds, but we also, I see a lot of patients who start out at 12 seconds. Mm. It does not mean they're a cancer patient. Okay. So that all of your clients don't go and measure their breath hold and you know get worried. <laughs> but um, it does mean that they really are very low oxygen content in their body and they probably have some me metabolic dysfunction. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I rarely do this, but I'm gonna do this today. I, I want Ashley to come back on because I, I wanna I want her to ask a couple questions that are on her <laughs> mind right now. I, I, I'm so intrigued that I, I really Oftentimes I leave the show like this regretting that I didn't ask that question or or my viewers will say, gosh, I wish you'd ask this. So Ashley, I, I, you know, you know, there's so many questions here. I, and I feel like I'm missing them because I'm, my brain is processing. Ashley, would you have questions about this? I'm the same way because this, for me, this is also new as well. And I didn't take a test, but I'm curious when you would think somebody does need to take a test or do you think it's pretty much appropriate for everybody? You, this is yours. I think, I, I think that my feeling is that everybody should have their determined health levels tested because it's going to give them more power over how they're going to deal with their life. Um, and having deuterium, once you manage your deuterium levels, frankly, all of your other markers may change. So I would rather test deuterium levels first, get that under control, and then do a lot of the other tests. Because I was doing you know, a lot of testing, functional medicine doctor doing a lot of gut testing, thyroid testing, hormonal testing. And I don't do that anymore because once I learned about deuterium, I really did feel like I was still working upstream. My whole goal has always been try to find out the best way to approach these patients and try to find the best way to get them better. And so many people have so many different things going wrong that we end up testing all over the map. Forget it. I just test their deuterium levels. I give their body the opportunity for their own innate intelligence to kick back in, fix a lot of things, and then I can come in and do see what else your body has really not been able, it's so damaged that it needs a little bit of assistance rectifying. And Ashley, you can re-explain um, what we're, you know, the day, given our viewers 20% um, off the test, you'll put the links in, right? Yeah, I'll definitely put the links here. There's a, you know, there's a few different tests as well as um, the study that people can volunteer to be a part of as well, which is a really cool opportunity. So yeah, yeah I might actually do that myself. And they, sure. they'll also be able to measure the water and the food. So whatever That's they want to do. Yeah. That's right, the water. I mean, um, I, I guess what, like the water you drink for sure, right? I mean, I can test even the spring water that we yes. get. And, versus my RO water that I have. And then, well, how, food, I mean, is it the food you eat every day, all the time? Is that the one you'd measure, just random? Yeah. We have some people who just love to eat certain thing and they just want to know, 
you know, I mean, you're not going to obviously test every food you eat. It's, yeah, you know, that was my point, but, yeah. You've got some people who are just love this certain shake or something and the powder or whatever they use and they don't want to give it up and we'll test it and then they'll make their own decision. Maybe maybe it's not worth it. And also, I should I get the other test because if we do another show on this, which we will because I'll retest my things, Ash, I want to know what my levels are and we'll share that. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's the same way you can use a food test. You're asking how to test if one type of like what a place that you get beef or fish from is lower in one place than another place so it's really quite convenient so it it may sound silly but there are differences that we measure difference in cattle for instance that have a difference of 15 parts per million in the cattle so you're eating cattle with high deuterium levels is not good for you it's like don't do it you but you think soul. but you think you're doing well are, are kids' levels generally lower than adults? No, no, no. Because children as a and teenagers need to turn to grow. Um, I've actually also used this for women trying to get pregnant, having difficulty getting pregnant very successfully. And um, But we do watch the mum's deuterium levels because she needs enough to turn to pass on for her fetus to grow properly. But also past a certain age, um, under a certain age, your children are using that deuterium to replicate and grow. And it's again, just to people understand, it's a it's a heavier hydrogen, right? That's how your body can actually utilize this. Is there a supplement that someone that you have discovered helps this? So we're working on not a not per se a supplement. We know that most medic well, we wrote a paper, a couple of papers now. We know that most medications, for instance, like metformin and uh, what berberine, okay. that they actually act by helping to deplete deuterium. Uh, that's really what they work. Yeah, that's really what they do. So uh, we uh, we actually discovered that one of the lip, not lip, what's the one from Gleevec? We published a paper two years ago about Gleevec, the miracle CLL, uh, a miracle uh, drug for uh, chronic um, uh, leukemia, and we found out after they've been charging ten thousand dollars per treatment that it was simply a combination of Lipitor and metformin. So they were busted and that was they simply both act they have nothing to do with genetics they have nothing to do with being able to make something on and off in your gene they simply remove deuterium and work through metabolism but obviously there's much safer ways to deplete this <laughs> oh yes yeah that is just it but what i was just saying all these things that they try to say is magic about these medicines right, oh, right. Yes. i got your point yeah what about what about molecular hydrogen, the, the, you know, these new molecular hydrogens? So the molecular hydrogen is an interesting thing. It is what you put in, right? So if you, if you make this molecular hydrogen from the way they make it, depending on the ones we've tested, don't lower, don't lower, they have the same amount of deuterium in them as tap water, you know, the tablets do. So that's not, and they don't lower anything. But there may be some out there that are better. But the ones, the three or four we've measured, they all measured anywhere from 145 to 153 parts per million of hydrogen. Same oh. as water. Also, as a herbalist, I've always loved to mm. use herbs. They're natural, God-given green plants. But then I've had to really rethink about how these herbs were processed or where they were processed. Yeah. If processed in a place with really high levels of deuterium in the water, I have to rethink it. And, you know, eventually all of these companies, as they learn about this, in order to keep in the game, in order to say they have really high quality products, they need to get their products tested. And this is what, this is the way it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, I was just thinking, we test like every herb, everything for heavy metals, right? Yes. Which is a toxin, but deuterium not being a toxin, yeah. you know, we need to test for just because we, Again, there's no levels the of impact it can have. Well, and as I answer, and it's important that we actually do this for a lot of different people, including the FDA. And so right now, the FDA and the and toxic the toxicology department there is actually using deuterium depletion as one of the factors for their safety studies. And so that study is going on right now that we're helping with, and we're hopeful that what they're tr what they're trying to get to is saying if this allows your deuterium to go up and hurt your metabolic pathway, that drug can't go from, can't pass a phase one safety study. And we're hopeful that that ends up happening. But they're testing it right now. Do you think this will hit the mainstream? I mean, I mean to five the- years. Five years. Five years, 
Wow. There's no, no doubt about it because this is a, this is a paradigm. Scientists, scientists and medicine, all they want is, is science. Is Can you prove it? Yes, we can. And more importantly, our cancer patients are getting such better clinical outcomes doing this with standard of care, doesn't make a difference. Their results are so much better. We, we're getting anywhere from eight to 10 years of their mean uh, of, 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 of extra life on stage four patients. So mm -hmm. it's, it's changing cancer already. Already, I mean, it's changing big time. Uh, and as I said, we've already had two clinical trials on cancer in Europe. We're gonna have one here uh, for cancer, for both glioblastoma and chronic lymphocemic, leukocemic leukemia. Uh, so we're very excited, but we think once you handle cancer and the things we're understanding about sleep and depression and all these things that are coming out of our studies, it's gonna affect everything because it makes it work better. It makes insurance cheaper because you can keep people well. And that's really what we need to do in this country. Dr. Q has actually encouraged a lot of our cancer patients who the second time around, they've already been through the standard of care and they're concerned. He's encouraged them. Yes, you're going to go through this again. You're going to do all this. We're just going to make you a much stronger, robust person so that you can get through this without all of the. And we have many people call me telling me, and it's my second time. I have no chemo brain. I have no fatigue. I'm at work. People tell me I look great. So it's, it's nice news for people who are so concerned or worried or just, I don't want to ever go through this again, they, that they can throw everything at it and come out with a much better outcome without feeling miserable. Mm. Wow. Actually, I just love it because they have patience. <laughs> at yeah. the of this. What did I miss, Ash? Uh, this is such a, an amazing topic. Yeah, it really is. I really think you hit it all. I was going to ask about children and if you thought that they should be tested and you answered that. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like a whole family should be tested? You know, or you know, maybe start with the parents or start with the children. Yeah, I mean, when we look at it, I, I so we we've tested entire families, and again, it's so interesting. While your spouses are different, are, are the same, your children are completely different than you are because they hold on to the stuff. They use it for a reason. Uh, no matter what, they use it. Uh, so we we really try to say when we think we we know there's a lot of more chronic chronic illnesses in younger children. And so 10 years ago, I would have said no, but now you've got to be even upfront and proactive with younger children because they're being destroyed. They really are. It's such simple fixes. And that's what's so amazing. There's, there's such simple fixes. Do, uh, would there be different levels uh, for testing kids because they need, they use more now? Well, yeah, well, they, they, so it's, that safety, we still, when you look at that test, we still try to get them below 130, but we don't try to drop them into the 118 and 116 okay. and 112 level. Right. But we keep them below 130, they turn on, it's amazing, they lose weight, they become, most parents love us because they become easier, their, their discipline gets better. <laughs> you know, they're not, they they're do, not moody teenagers. They do better in school, <laughs> yeah, their they cognition do. and focus improves. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's great. That's nice. Fascinating topic. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, I, I think I heard this word a year ago. <laughs> I mean, I know you've been in it far longer than that, but just to show you though, you know, of how, and it's, you know, I'm hearing more and more of it, but still, uh, we, you know, we need to get the word out about no, something. Well, I appreciate it because it's, it's so you simple. guys that are leaders in this that are going to help people understand. And that's all we're here yeah. for. Yeah, I want to do a part two. I, I want to remeasure. Um, I want to look at my water. We'll, you know, we'll take it to another level. Ashley will get hers done. Yeah. Let's Just look at your clients send in their questions, what they feel they else they yeah. want to know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we'll get a lot of questions. Share this show, folks, mm -hmm. um, as best you can. People need to know this information and ask some questions. And Ashley will forward them on to you all. Because again, I, I want everyone to know um, everything. I, there's so much here. It's such a new topic, uh, but such an important topic. So thank you for bringing this information. Thank you for offering the test at a discount for our viewers and listeners. And um, let's keep getting the word out. Well, thank you guys very much. You guys keep being the warriors that you are. We appreciate and great it. Great questions. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I loved it. So thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Cytodetox. Please check it out at buycytonow.com. 
We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at CellularHealing.tv and please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, and sharing the show with anyone you think may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.